Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and we're continuing our series on small business owners that are getting the move on. And our guest this week, well, our guest is a bridge to accounting, and a whole lot more. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration and our guest this week is Jamie Pena, the owner of Bridges of Current Accounting. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you for having me. For visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? My name is Jamie Michelle Pena. I am the founder of Bridges of Current Accounting and I'm an accounting advisor for business owners and CEOs. For those of you who are watching this on YouTube, this is not an accounting firm. I don't see any <laughs> filing cabinets. I don't see... No, no, no. We are here at Geronco Party Rentals here at 7501 East Brundage Avenue. And the reason they have been gracious enough to let us use their space and their facility is because, Jamie, yes. you work remotely. I work remotely. I could work from anywhere. Anywhere. Even from here. <laughs> Even from here. And there are worse places to work. There are worse places to work. <laughs> First of all, why are you working remotely and not in an office somewhere like in the Haberfield building? Well, I started that about 10 years ago mm. when things were going on to the internet and mm -hmm. people were doing their accounting on the cloud. And I really loved it. And I pitched it to some of the business owners. And now all those people that are on the cloud with everything that's happened in the last two years just felt ready for this pandemic. Right. For those of us that are, you know, that are older than 40, <coughs> <laughs> the cloud is... The cloud is the internet. There you go. Well, you know, I have to ask because I know I'm going to get at least somebody DMing me on Instagram going, what is this what cloud is thing? So, sure. you know, if I, if I, sure. I, don't, I don't ask. Being but, online. So all of your clients now interact with you online, over the phone, that sort of thing, so you don't need a physical office. We don't need a physical office. Um, even the people that work with me actually work remotely. So I don't have, you know, and I would love to hire more people here in Bakersfield, but it's not a requirement. You, they can be anywhere. They can be anywhere, yes. And just as a teaser for the next segment, we are actually going to be taking a vision your question that gets into the logistics and systems and processes to work with employees remotely and not have to babysit them in the process of, of doing that. But before we get into that, first of all, what kinds of business owners do you serve? I serve mostly small business owners, some sole proprietors, and nonprofit organizations. Why them? I think that I love the idea of watching people grow, mm. and I love being there at the starting point with people. And that's just really what I, I just admire people that start their own businesses or have a vision or a mission for something, and I love being at the beginning stages of that. What are the challenges of being in business is being able to choose the types of customers, <laughs> the types of clients you want. And what are the types of business owners that you appreciate the most coming in, walk, metaphorically walking through your door? 
I think the ones that actually just take a chance to be open-minded about, you know, suggestions mm. and not feeling like they need to know everything. Mm. It's a humbling experience to start a business, right. um, but I think it's also really great when you start collaborating with professionals mm. that can really move the needle for you and right. move things and give you insight on things that you just didn't know were there and available for you. It sounds like your your clients tend to be in years three, four, five of their business. They've they've gotten past the sole proprietor and have to do everything themselves, and now they're starting to figure out that they need to work on their business, not in their business. Yes. Definitely. How do you help the business owners do that? Well, first we have a whole discovery stage mm. of working with you know my company. I really want to figure out why people started what they started. Okay. And I want to know what is the long game. What are you planning to do in the future? Why are you starting this? Because I feel that if people don't really know, they'll just slowly fall off and it just becomes a hobby. Ah. So I really need to understand how serious they are about why they got into business. Now you yourself experienced this because you started your business fairly late in life. I did. I actually started in this profession late compared to what people feel should be considered an appropriate age. How so? <laughs> well, I honestly didn't have a mentor around me. Mm. I, I knew I was smart. I knew I loved math. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. I knew I was great at it. Right. And then finally got an opportunity uh, at, a, at a job and the lady was a controller. Mm. And I looked at her and I thought, I want to do that. I want to do what she's doing. Uh, sure. Can I have her job? <laughs> Can I have her job? And uh, just the whole aspect of really understanding where they were in business mm. and how she could support by really managing the financial aspect of the business. And I thought that was the most wonderful thing. And, and she inspired me, and that's why I got my degree. If memory serves, because for visioneers, we, for those of you who don't know, I have a pre-conversation for the <laughs> conversation. And your story, I, I really enjoyed this part where you wanted to become the controller. Mm -hmm. And then you left the business. Tell yes. us, tell, walk <laughs> us through that because this, I, I, I don't know how many business owners I've heard the story from the <laughs> other side. So I'd like to hear your version of it because this is, this is wonderful. So I, I left and then I got hired back to be their business manager. But then when I fi finally got my degree, I got hired for an actual accounting job right. um, and was offered an accounting job. But a year down the road, I just turned and, and saw everything and I had all the systems in place, everything was great and I turned to my boss and said, I think you're wasting your money and I think I can do this part time and I want you to outsource me. And I turned him into my first client. So my first accounting job was my first client and he referred me to other people. How many business owners <laughs> would like to have their employee come to them and say, I'm costing you too much money, right. but that's what you did. That's exactly what I did. And I also knew that I was outgrowing the position. Mm. And that's just who I've always been. I've always thought, okay, this is a disservice to, that's how I see my you know, clients. This is a disservice to the client if I'm not doing X, Y, Z, or if I see an opportunity over here and I'm not presenting it to them. So I just thought, I'm gonna go for it, and I wanna do this for more people. It was my main, you know, my, my main, my mindset. Right. And then he was, I pitched it to him, and it sounded right, and it made financial, you know, it, it made sense. Right. So 
it was a no-brainer for him. He thought, who would be considerate enough to want to save me money right. and still be there to train the next person that was going to replace me? And I kept that relationship, and I never burned that bridge. That is why <laughs> he referred you. Yes. Yes. At what point did you move up to Kern County? About four years ago. Why did you do that? We moved here for my husband's job. Right. And it's been the, instinctly, to tell you, the, I mean, honestly, when he told me we were moving to Bakersfield, in my gut, <laughs> I have to tell you, I just knew I wanted to be here. I had right. been here about 20 years before. Mm. I knew it was completely different, but I didn't know how different. I just knew that we needed the move, and mm. it just turned out to be actually the most wonderful experience. So we love it here. Sure. Yeah. And for the business owner who is interested in Bridges of Kern Accounting, what kinds of services do you offer? Is it accounting? Is it business services? Is it advisory? What, what do you have to offer? Great question. So when people see accounting in, right. in the title of a business name, they automatically think, well, it's because I need bookkeeping, or I, uh, you know, I need some sort of fix. Right. And that is usually why people come to me. Right. But slowly but surely, in our whole discovery phase in building a relationship, we start really focusing on systems and processes. Mm. We really start focusing on what is working, how are you collaborating with your employees, how are you collaborating with your accountants, are you getting the good re end result for your you know, tax return? And so we look at the whole entire picture of the business and everything that can support it along the way, which right. includes technology and systems and processes. So it's not just data entry, it's not just putting a band-aid on anything, it's just really opening things up in the business to discover where are the opportunities and where are the gaps. If visioneers want to learn more about you and what you can do for them, how do they do that? You can find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Uh, my name, Jamie Michelle Pena. And then you can also uh, look us up on the website, bridgesofcurrentaccounting.com. If you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify. And when we come back, yes, visioneers, we will talk about systems and processes and that exciting <laughs> stuff. Okay, really, it will be interesting, I assure you, <laughs> on how you work with remote workers when we come right back. 80 years. For 80 years, the Clarue family has owned and operated Clarue Tire by bringing families and businesses like yours the quality tires and brake service you would expect to keep your family and your business safe for thousands and thousands of miles at a time. Visit Clarue Tire at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or give them a call at 661-324-6069 and discover the Clarue Tire difference for your family and your business. 80 years. Call Clarue Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U-Tire.com today. I'm here with Jamie Pena, the owner of Bridges of Kern Accounting, and our visionary question comes from Rick who asks, my business has gone remote due to COVID and it looks like it's here to stay for us. We are expanding and I'm wondering what to look for as we develop systems to include the new employees without making them feel like Big Brother is watching them. <laughs> so. For Rick, I would say make sure that when you're researching technology that's mm. helping your employees 
perform their jobs correctly, that you don't forget about the impact on accounting. Okay, uh, well, how, how is that? <laughs> I know I have to go there because a lot of these systems are standalone systems. Mm -hmm. And what I like to stress to clients and to business owners is that no matter if people are not working within the accounting process, everybody is a, a part of the accounting process. Ah. And so when you have systems that are so segregated and they don't talk mm. to the end result of what the accounting you know, needs to be, you know, what kinds of reports or financial data need to be spit out, that creates more work for somebody else. Ah. And so when you're working and you're thinking about technology and you're thinking about you know, this cloud-based system, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you get complete 100% insight on what's that whole process going to be for the employee and then test it out as much as you need to and don't be afraid to, if you invest in something and it feels very costly, it's going to be less expensive to pull it than to live with it and make mm -hmm. it painful for everybody in the long run. One of the other fears that a lot of business owners have is they, they have an employee, they may be based here in Kern County, but their employees in Roanoke, Iowa. Right, mm -hmm. and how do they know that that employee is performing their tasks or doing their due diligence without having to worry about sitting on them? How do how do you recommend? Because you've done this, mm -hmm. how do you keep up with the progress and performance of the employee without having to you know constantly look over the shoulder and be one of those annoying bosses texting every 15 minutes on the status update well that's the neat thing about technology mm. is it gives you indicators how so be because things are there are indications inside of the technology that let you know that things are being handled or not so if i'm responsible for let's say all of the accounts payable mm -hmm. and even though it's a system that's separated mm -hmm. i could see that my you know as a boss i could go in and see that my inbox has 30 things that haven't been handled uh. i could see that a process hasn't been finalized all the way through because you have those systems give you little t triggers and dashboards hmm. that enable you to to know right and you don't have to check up on employees you just, without, you know, just you could see the systems and so you're able to go through and see their performance just by the results. The results. And this course, technology helps you to really focus on result-driven processes. Yes. And in the end, that's what's important. <laughs> and in the end, that's important because you need that data to then talk to them and improve that. And it could just be. I don't know, a learning curve. Right. How often do you communicate with the remote employee on the performance of their job? Do you do it as a, as a standing weekly meeting? Do you do it quarterly, six months, annually? What seems to work well? So for me, I mean, I check in with my person at least twice a week. Okay. Because we have indicators of we need to know when we're done. Mm. Because the worst part is for your customer or client to be pinging you. Right. And so if you are proactive and not reactive, that's what those things should be supporting you. If it's not doing that, then it's just not the right technology. When you're not doing the business and not doing accounting, what do you like to do for fun? 
Well, my husband and I are very social people. Right. Uh, we love to go out dancing. Okay. Love. Is it salsa or ballroom? <laughs> no, it's or more like electric slide. It's like hip hop R and B. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> We're sure. '90s kids, so right, right, we, right. we love '90s music and. Right. Um, you know, we're still friends with a lot of our high school friends, and so we like to go out and just reminisce about, remember when we used to do, you know, remember our dances. And I so can't believe fun. we didn't go to jail for. <laughs> and uh, we like to go out to karaoke because we like music, and right. so we swear that we can, you know, sing, and it's hilarious. It's just more fun than anything. Um, I love to read. I really love to read, and I love personal development and business development. Right. I think it's helped me and supported me in who I am for my clients, right. and who I am in my relationship with my husband and with my family. So that all of those things to me are fun. They make up who I am. What has doing karaoke taught you <laughs> that you apply to your business? You just have to go for it and have fun. Get How in so? there. How so? <laughs> Just get on stage. My husband has a great saying. He says, the magic happens when you're in it. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody is nervous at first. You know, getting into business is nerve-wracking, helping people, meeting new clients, sitting here with you can be nervous. But I feel that <laughs> the magic happens when you're in it. You know, you have to be passionate about what you do. And if you'd love to karaoke and you really think, I think you just should just be in the moment and enjoy it. So it's helped me with my clients to just enjoy them because I know that I really want them to succeed. Right. So I want them to have fun. I know this is weird, but I tell people all the time, you're gonna love accounting when you work with us because it's extremely powerful to know where you are in your business. And I want you to have fun with the aspect of this business. This should not be painful. My dad was an accountant. <laughs> and he was, in fact, he was a high school business teacher and he taught accounting. And he would get this question all the time from students that would go through and say, gee, Mr. Roberts, accounting is boring, <laughs> geez. And he says, wait till you get the ledger where you finally get both columns Mm -hmm. to match. Yes, very satisfying. <laughs> that is actually the most satisfying thing for all of us when things balance out, when you reconcile things and it's like, I'm done. Yes, that's very satisfying. <laughs> but part of reconciling mm -hmm. and part of that satisfaction is, is understanding when not to go for broke, when to change your habits. And mm -hmm. this is something that you, you learned kind of the hard way. I did. <laughs> what, what happened? I think at first when you're a business owner, you're, you're putting all these things in place and you're going all out and, and you're not really realizing that, I mean, I had to be an example for my clients. And so I didn't really set up my systems correctly. You know, I didn't really do what I needed to do to check up on my employee. Mm -hmm. I didn't do my due diligence in making sure that I had my technology that I was pitching and actually implementing that I had that straightened out within my business. And you get excited at first and you feel that things are off, but you don't really know. Something's wrong, but I can't Something's know wrong, I can't put my finger on it. Right. But then reality sets in and you have to check yourself mm. and say, this is gonna make me go broke and what am I doing this for? And mm. then just kind of reel it back in and say, okay, I need to take ownership of this. This you know, person needs to go. They're not doing what they were hired to do. 
I don't need to be people's babysitters, but in a way, you have to really have your internal processes set in place so that you don't, you're not vulnerable and you're broke. <laughs> How did you learn? Because you're a very social person. Mm -hmm. Those of us that aren't, we find this very easy to do. But, <laughs> but social people sometimes have a really difficult challenge being able to look in the mirror mm -hmm. and admit this isn't working. How did you go through that realization and how did you emotionally go through that process and, and be able to make that change? Well, I mean, if it starts affecting your family, you have to make the change. So unfortunately, I was forced. Mm. It was a make it or break it. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. So it was, gonna, it, was like a, we were, it was like a dire situation, pretty much. But once I went through it, every time I've had to go through it, I've grown exponentially. And that's helped me also support the people that are, I'm supporting. And because I've had to see people do that for themselves. And mm -hmm. we've had to have, have those tough decisions. And when you go through that experience and you're able to share that with your clients, that's why it's not just accounting for me. It's the whole entire business and it has to do with people. And so it just, it was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do every time. I've done it at least three times. Mm -hmm. But the growth in it is really, really important. And I know who I am and I know I, what I want to offer and I know what I'm supposed to be responsible for, which is major. Right. And I knew it was my fault. It wasn't this other person's fault. It was my fault. And when you can take ownership of that, it's better for you in the long run. You made both sides, both columns, balance. Mm -hmm. Balance. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and we'll be right back. The reason we're talking with Jamie Pena, the owner of Bridged of Kern Accounting, is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. They wanted to find out, how do I work with customers, clients, and more importantly, employees without feeling like I have to be big brother to them? So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know what you want to hear, whom you want to see, what you want to learn about here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Jamie Pena, the owner of Bridges of Kern Accounting, and our visioner question comes from Josie who asks, I've been in business for several years now and I don't have any certifications. However, I get an uneasy feeling that my customers want me to, even though the certifications won't really do anything in my performance to help them. Should I go through the process anyway? This is a great question, Josie. I I love this question because I actually went through that. Uh. I started bookkeeping, right? And I didn't have my degree and I could have just written it out. And I know that this is very industry specific, but what happened when I actually got my degree and what's happened with all the certifications that I've gotten that are very specific with the support that I give my clients is it's giving me, it's giving me internal confidence. Uh. So if it's already something that you're feeling that your confidence is not there, but they won't know the difference, mm -hmm. it's really more a personal thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's nothing wrong with knowledge. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with having that document say that 
you are maybe differentiating yourself mm -hmm. from the same kind of group of people. So it never hurts. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's gonna be a financial burden and you have to make a decision based on that, maybe right. you might wanna think about it, but I don't think it hurts. And I just think it says a lot about you and your commitment to your industry and your profession. So I would suggest you go for it if it's, if it's worthwhile, I think it would be great. What have you done, because you got your degree, but mm -hmm. have you gone through yourself and gotten additional training mm -hmm. for you? And yes. what did that look like? Well, because things are moving so fast in my industry, mm. you have to be proactive in engaging with other people that are just as obsessed and excited about technology because that is the kind of information that you give back to your clients. Ah. That's the kind of resource that you're available right. to be for your clients. Mm -hmm. And so just learning that I needed to go that route was really important for me. Right now, uh, the thing that I know that I'm deciding to do because people ask me all the time is, are you a CPA? Mm. And that's the high-level certification. In my right. industry, that means everything to everybody. Right. And so even though I don't need it, I've gotten enough people around me to cheer me on and to really advocate and know that I'm capable of doing that, right. that that's something that I want to put out there that I'm seeking to also get. Right. Because even though it's not going to change anything with what I'm currently doing, I think it's also going to expose me to things that are really important within my industry mm. and get me connected at a different level with my clients. Right. And that to me is everything. It also sounds like it helps develop trust. Yes. And trust equals influence. Yes. Yes. This is a philosophy of yours. That's why that's why you're laughing. <laughs> Explain to us why trust equals influence. Well, a lot of people that actually come to me, most are referrals. Mm. This is, this industry is just like medicine. It's like the legal. Legal accounting and medicine is usually highly referral. Mm. It's a referral based, you know. Right. Well, half of the clients that I'm getting now are people that have never met me before, mm. have never heard of me. Right. But because they're able to find me on websites that are trustworthy, ah. like Intuit, and you're looking for a pro advisor, and um, that first meeting is very important. There is some sort of trust factor that's already there for me. Sure. <laughs> I'm very confident about what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, they get sense that I'm putting them first, and then that gives me the ability to also be that influential person to then get into that advisory mm. role with them. Right. It's a very easy transition right. because they can just tell right off the bat that I'm all in on everything that they're up to, right. and that we're gonna do everything in my ability to get them all the right resources to make sure that that trust continues and that people that are involved with this new process, hopefully, or, or whatever that is, also trust that we're capable of making sure that we can execute that for them. So it's extremely important to me that that's there. Part of your personal development also comes from the books you read. <laughs> yes. What book do you like to gift? So the book that I just finished reading that I never considered until you just asked that question. Right. That I know I've started recommending to people and, and it will be uh, the gift, you know, the gifted book is going to be Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. Oh, why is that? It actually opened up my eyes to really 
you know, we talk about this all the time, work hard, play hard. Right. But I don't think that we're really tacking in full emotion of what it is going to take for us to not regret the things that we were capable of doing when we were able to do them. Ah, uh, yes. And so timing is everything. and. It just it's kind of linked to business right when we're young we can go all out we can stay up super late you know you get to 30s and 40s you're like well I can't you know do this thing anymore and then you get later on in life and you turn around and you think did I just really work my whole entire life and not enjoy the things that I should have enjoyed right and I mean that's the cliff note version of it right. but it just was completely eye-opening for me to really think yeah, experiences are, are everything. It's like doing this right now. This experience is something I get to keep for myself. And it didn't cost me anything, but it, t it took my time to say yes. Sure. Right? And so it's just doing more of that. And nerves of steel. <laughs> nerves of steel. <laughs> what makes you wake up every morning and open your business? I think... The connections with my clients are just huge. Learning something new from them mm. and learning where I need to grow. Oh. Also in my own business. Mm -hmm. And constantly, I'm constantly thinking of new ideas and helping my clients grow in their own businesses. Mm. I could think of, you know, if they just did this, they could really grow their business. Oh. Or if they just implemented that, they could really, you know, uh, relieve a pain point for their employees or for themselves. And so that's just what gets me excited because I love solving problems. And so it's just like a big puzzle every day that I have to put together and that makes me just really happy and excited. Especially when the columns balance. <laughs> right. <laughs> if visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They could do that on social media. You could find us on Instagram, on Facebook, um, and on our website. You could find us with my name, Jamie Michelle Pena, and then you can also um, type in Bridges of Kern Accounting. And through Instagram is the best way because our link tree is there and you could see our reviews. And the last thing is on Intuit Pro Advisor. If you go to look for a Pro Advisor and you type a local zip code here in Bakersfield, we will be first on the list. So Congratulations. Thank you. Well, Jamie, <laughs> this has been a real privilege. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you. It's been an honor. And I'll be right back with my final thought. 80 years. For 80 years, the Clarue family has owned and operated Clarue Tire by bringing families and businesses like yours the quality tires and brake service you would expect to keep your family and your business safe for thousands and thousands of miles at a time. Visit Clarue Tire at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or give them a call at 661-324-6069 and discover the Clarue Tire difference for your family and your business. 80 years. Call Clarue Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com today. Screaming at a bowl of water. 
The best stories in scouting never happen when it's a beautiful day for backpacking and hiking and the trail was perfect and flat and smooth and everything, the tent, the cooking is absolutely exquisite and perfect in every way. No. The stories that we tell from scouting are the ones where it's the 100 mile an hour winds through the overpass and it took us to hiking groups of three to hold on to each other so we didn't get blown off the mountain or it was raining so hard the rain not only was going sideways but coming up from the ground as well. Those, those are the stories we tell because that is the fun of scouting. This is one of those stories. After a while in scouting I was elected the senior patrol leader who is a, by default the head boy scout, the, the leader of the boy scout troop. And this was one of those weekends where the rain was coming in truckloads and dump loads and not only that but the average age of all the scouts who chose to come that weekend was about 12 which means they were still learning the basics of camping and hiking and backpacking they were still going through the process of forgetting their spatulas to flip pancakes or forgetting to bring socks and underwear because it wasn't important to pack. But this one particular weekend, it was raining cats and dogs and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. All the tents got flooded out. All the sleeping bags got sopped and wet. Nobody could get their campfires started. So breakfast and dinner was raw and it was just horrible horrible and it was one of those weekends where as the leader I I had to keep my cool the whole time because that is what leaders do that's what's expected of us but even under the most trying circumstances we as leaders we come to the end of our rope and I was no different and in fact I started to say some things that weren't exactly kind to the other scouts. I started doing some things that were incredibly selfish and not exactly very scout-like. To the point that my scoutmaster, whom I had known for years, took me aside and pointed to a bowl sitting upon a rock that was rapidly filling with rainwater. And he told me, Look at the bowl and say to the water what you want to say to the other scouts. Well, I looked at him like, what are you nuts? What are you stupid? <laughs> Talk to a bowl of water? He said, Michael, just do it. And so, okay, okay, fine. And I started talking to the bowl of water. And as I talked to the bowl of water, it started to ripple a little bit from the breath of what I was saying to it. My scoutmaster looked at me and when I thought I had finished, he said, keep going. Well, I started 
talking and talking and getting angrier and angrier and the ripples in the water started getting bigger and bigger and finally I was just absolutely screaming at this bowl of water and the water was thrashing about probably because I even hit the bowl at one point but after a while I had exhausted myself and I started to calm down, as did the ripples in the water. After what seemed like a gargantuan long time, my scoutmaster pointed to the water, pointed to the ripples, and said, that water is our constitution. This, as leaders, is whom we must be. It took me a while, took me some other life experiences to learn this lesson even deeper. But it's one of those lessons that it seems like we never really truly learn. Because we all have bad days, bad weeks bad months, maybe even a bad year or two. And all we want to do is just yell and scream. And yes, it's okay to do that in short spurts when you can go ahead and you can yell at this bowl of water. Let those ripples fly just as long as our constitution the stillness of that water returns because we, as leaders, need to be the stillness of the water. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Jamie Mitchell Pena, the owner of Bridges of Kern Accounting, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.